Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... We've got good news. The world is open again, and people like you, people of faith, are traveling to Catholic sites around the world. Want to travel with exceptional Catholic leaders this fall, next year, or in the future? Are you looking to see specific sites, celebrate traditional Latin Mass, or travel to destinations without vaccine requirements? We are here to help you deepen your faith on pilgrimage. Give us a call at 1-800-842-4842 or visit us online at selectinternationaltours.com. Select International Tours is your pilgrimage company, and we have the perfect Catholic trip for you. Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. O Lord my God, Thou searchest me. My heart and mind are known to Thee. Nothing is hidden from thy eyes. When I sit down and when I rise, and from afar thou art discerning my thoughts and hopes, my secret yearning. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, Amen. I'd like to welcome you all to our Perseverance Family Conversation this morning. As always, it's great to be with you. And as we enter into this fourth Sunday in the season of Advent, closer and closer to the celebration of Christmas, which will be next Saturday, and Friday will be, of course, Christmas Eve, let us invite Mary to be with us. Mary has many titles. Mary is the mother of God. Mary is the mother of the church. And Mary is the mother of each and every one of us. In the Hail Holy Queen, we invoke Mary as our, as our life, our sweetness, and our hope. So let's say that prayer that Mary loves most. And that prayer is the, is the Hail Mary. So together. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for our sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Now let's invite our spiritual director to come to be with us. Our spiritual director happens to be the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit has many different names. The Holy Spirit is known as the Paraclete. The Holy Spirit is also known as 
the gift of gifts. Holy Spirit is also known as the sweet guest of our souls. We pray that in the prayer of the sequence on the Feast of Pentecost. Holy Spirit is also <clears throat> the counselor in the midst of so much confusion out there. We want the Holy Spirit to give us good advice. Holy Spirit is also known as the consoler. We find ourselves at times in a state of desolation. We want to beg the Holy Spirit to give us consolation in the midst of the trials that all of us have to go through. And St. Paul reminds us with these encouraging words. He says we don't know how to pray as we ought, but the Holy Spirit intercedes with ineffable groans so that we can say, Abba. Abba, which means Daddy or Father. So let's uh, let's beg the Holy Spirit to come to be with us and to give us a lot of light, an interior fire of love, as we say. Come, Holy Spirit. Fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle within us the fire of your divine love. Send forth your spirit, and they shall be created. And thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who did instruct the hearts of your faithful, by the light of the Holy Spirit, grant us by the same spirit that we might be truly wise, and ever rejoice in his consolation through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Lady of Guadalupe, pray for us. St. Joseph, pray for us. St. Michael, pray for us. St. Gabriel, pray for us. Archangel Raphael, pray for us. St. Ignatius of Loyola, pray for us. St. Faustina Maria Kowalska, pray for us. All God's angels and saints, pray for us. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, Amen. So we welcome you all to our Perseverance family conversation. And Sunday, my friends, this is the fourth Sunday of Advent. Sunday is always a day of great rejoicing. As St. Paul reminds us, Rejoice in the Lord, I say it again, rejoice in the Lord. Then Mary in her Magnificat, she says, My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. So it's a day of rejoicing. Most specifically because every Sunday we celebrate the resurrection of Christ. 
Sunday is like a mini Easter. Every Sunday is like a mini Easter. So, rejoice today. May you be filled with joy as we celebrate our Lord's resurrection and as we prepare to celebrate His birthday this coming Friday night as well as Saturday. So, our our prayer intentions will be the following. I will be celebrating Mass today at 10 o'clock in the big church. So I'd like to already place all of you on the altar in the prayer which we would call the Opus Dei, the work of the Lord. And I'd like to offer these intentions that all of us will make a concerted effort to to grow in holiness. To grow in holiness. Maybe this is obvious to you, but we all have to grow in holiness we all have to pursue in our lives becoming the saint that God has called us to be. For the simple reason that we all want to go to heaven. So for us to go to heaven, then we have to, we have to become the saint that God has called us to be. Most of us probably will not be canonized saints, meaning officially proclaimed by the Pope to be in heaven. Most of the saints are not canonized, but most of the saints would be anonymous. But whether or not we're canonized or on anonymous saints, we end up in heaven. And that's the purpose of our life. So let's pray that we would do all we possibly can to keep pursuing this holiness of life. My next intention that I'd like to offer for all of you would be I'd like to pray for your families, for your children. For your teenagers, living in a very challenging time, many are listening to the Christmas Carol presented by Relevant Radio, written by Charles Dickens in 1843. <coughs> it's a literary masterpiece. Charles Dickens, who was the greatest novelist in the 19th century, also was known to have said that the the worst of times can be the best of times. And I believe that very much. The worst of times can be the best of times if we are walking side by side with Jesus, Mary, St. Joseph leading the way, and our garden angels behind us. See it that way. 
the worst of times can be the best of times if we're traveling with Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. So like to place you and your children on the altar. And my final intention is the following. I'd like to pray for all of us that now more than ever we feel drawn to to a deeper union with God through prayer. That's right. We, we're drawn to a deeper union with God through prayer. How can this be about? How can this be brought about? Well, one suggestion would be, let's pray for each other. You pray for me, and I'll pray for you, that we will really have a greater desire to pray, and to put into practice the inspirations that God is going to give to us. We put into practice the inspirations that God indeed will give to each and every one of us. So those will be my intentions as I place them on the altar for the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, the Opus Dei that will be this morning at 10 o'clock. Okay, let's move into our the topic of the day. But one thing I'd like to suggest before we entering, and I'd like to enter into the gospel today because the gospel is so very rich. The gospel that we're very familiar with, but I'd like to pull out some ideas that we can meditate upon. Is um, Jesus says in the gospel that when you come to offer your gift at the altar, and you recognize that someone has something against you, then Jesus says, go and leave your gift at the altar. Go and be reconciled with that person. Then come and come and uh, bring your gift to the altar again. That's, uh, those are the words of Christ. I'd like to tell you an experience that I had years ago. It's probably good 25 years ago. And um, Father Larry called me into the office and said, Look, there is a, a lady in the parish that, that felt um, that she was offended by you. And I didn't really recognize what I had done. And he said, what I'd like you to do is, I have a new Bible here. 
I have her her address. She lived in the wine gardens. And I'd like you to go and, and offer this as a gift of reconciliation. And to be honest, I didn't really want to do that. I wasn't really sure what the conflict was about. And my pride was trying to block this. So, given that we have vows of obedience, I said, well, I'll go. So I got in my car and I, and I drove uh, to the um, home of this, of this lady. And I rang the doorbell and I said, you know what happened, that conflict that we had in which you were offended Sorry, and I and I gave her the I gave her the Bible, and she was so taken aback. And, and right, and I gave her my hand. We shook hands, and right away there was a reconciliation. There was a peace. Then we left on good terms. It was a hard gesture on my part because of my pride, but I'm happy I did it because. If not, this woman could have been fostering resentment against me for 25 years and I maybe not even aware of it. So I'd like to give you that as an example. As an example of the importance of, especially we get close to Christmas, that we try to be reconciled to others and not to be clinging to resentment. Because, my friends, if we're, we're clinging to resentment, we don't want to forgive others or seek out this reconciliation, then God will hold back his mercy toward us. In the Our Father, we say, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. So, that's uh, that's the Our Father. So, forgiveness and mercy is a two-way street. And if, you, if we don't do that also, let me just tell you what happens when we hold on to resentment and we fail to forgive. Is this. If we tend to be an extroverted person, then we start to become critical, chismosos, attacking people verbally, because we're acting out of our own woundedness. And either we become a wounded wounder, or we become a wounded healer. In the words of the great author last century, Henri Nguyen, either we become wounded wounders or wounded healers. It's best for us to be wounded healers. We seek our healing by the wounds of Christ. Or if we tend to be more of a shy, introverted person, if we're holding on to resentment, then that, that turns into sadness and depression. So there can be a combination of anger and bitterness, sadness and depression. Sometimes we might have both of those. 
So let's learn to forgive. I don't like to say forgive and forget because we can't always forget what has happened to us. But we can forgive. We can reconcile. And that depends upon uh, our own act of our will. Now, if if it were such that you had a conflict with some person and you went and you tried to reconcile with that person, that person said, no, I don't want that reconciliation. Well, you've done your part. You've done your part. You You should still pray for this person. But, you know, you've done your part. As we say, the ball is in their court now and they have, they'll have to take this up with the Lord on the Day of Judgment. Let's pray that that will not be the case, though. All right, my friends. So I thought I would throw that out at you because in these very important days as we draw close to the birthday of Christ and New Year's, and we celebrated Thanksgiving a couple of weeks ago. These are days or weeks where there can be a lot of tension. There can be frustration. We can be tired. We can say certain things that we wouldn't say if we were not tired and frustrated. But don't forget, once we say something, it's already been said. So it might be also a good proposal right now to be careful Be careful of the words that we say and to get in the habit of thinking before we speak in honor of Mary. To think before we speak. That's right. To think before we speak. So we've we've done a couple of novenas. The novena in preparation for the Immaculate Conception that we celebrate December 8th. Then we finished the Divina of Our Lady Guadalupe. Last Sunday we celebrated Our Lady Guadalupe. And now we're right in the middle of the Novena in preparation for Christmas. Of course you know that Novena means nine. And each day of this Novena we want to be offering to, we want to offer to uh, Jesus and Mary and St. Joseph too. A special gift that we want to do. Offer a, a, a special a special gift. So today we have the reading from the minor prophet Micah. The theme of this reading is from you shall come forth a ruler of Israel. So Micah is making a prophecy that the ruler of Israel will, will come to save us, and that's Jesus Christ. Then we have uh, from the letter to the Hebrews, talking about the body that God would give to Christ, his human nature. And we have Christ who says, Behold, I come to do your will. So the last verse is, By this will we have been consecrated through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. 
So this is already referring to what is called the Incarnation. That Jesus Christ, the Son of the Living God, will take on human nature from the Blessed Virgin Mary. He'll take on human nature. This is called the Incarnation. That Jesus is the second person of Trinity, but he has two natures. He has the human nature and the divine nature in one person. But I'd like to focus on, especially on the Gospel today. The Gospel today. Okay, we have, here's the first joyful mystery in which Mary gives her consent to the Archangel Gabriel. She says, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord, be it done to me according to their word. Then this uh, artistic depiction you can see, the Holy Spirit which is descending upon Mary in the form of a dove. This is the moment of the Incarnation. One of the key moments in the history of our salvation. So Mary says, Yes to the Archangel Gabriel. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. One brief comment on this, and then we'll move into the Gospel today, which is the visitation. So the visitation is connected to the Annunciation. And it's this. And it was a summary of the, the, the homily I gave last Sunday. And it's the universal call to happiness. That's right. The universal call to happiness. The primary reason, the primary reason why people in the world, irrespective of where they live, their culture, their age, their social circumstances, Irrespective of that, <clears throat> the key reason for not being happy and being plunged into sadness is when the opposite of Mary, we, we say we say no to God. That's right when we say no to God. And that could be a definition of what sin is. Sin is when we decide to say no to God. Mary said yes to God and from heaven God sent His only begotten Son to live within Mary for nine months. And then what we'll be celebrating in a few days, Christmas. Christ was born of the Virgin Mary in the stable of Bethlehem. So let's learn, my friends, to be happy, to be joyful. Let's learn to say yes to God. That's right.
let's learn to say yes to God. So we conclude the first joyful mystery. And then we have the second joyful mystery. And this is the Gospel today. Which is Luke chapter 1, verse 39 to 45. This is called the visitation. You all know it. The visitation. I like to go through different elements of the visitation. Let's take it a step at a time because it's such a such a rich such a rich gospel for all of us and it sets the stage for the celebration of the birthday of Christ. This is the second joyful mission. The third joyful mission is actually the birth of Christ. So, it says that Mary set out and traveled to the hill country in haste. Talk a little bit about that word, in haste. Dante Alighieri, in his spiritual masterpiece, The Divine Comedy, he presents Dante, who's traveling from hell to purgatory, from purgatory to heaven, In purgatory, Dante enters with engraved on his forehead the seven Ps. And these seven Ps would be the seven capital sins. And those seven capital sins have to be purged. So what Dante does is he takes the capital sin and then he presents the opposite virtue. And he shows how Mary practiced the opposite virtue. So with respect to Dante takes the visitation as a as a model of Mary practicing a a virtue opposed to one of the capital sins. What am I saying? One of the capital sins. One of the capital sins is that of sloth. Sometimes it's defined as asedia. Or we might call that the sin of laziness. So we see Mary moving in haste is the exact opposite of giving in to sloth or laziness. In my homily, I highlighted three ways that we can imitate Mary, Mary going in haste. 
and how we can overcome laziness in our own lives. And they divided the lazy, the laziness into three different areas in their lives. Because it could happen that, you know, we're on vacation, your children on vacation, and you decide just to um, <coughs> give in to laziness. And that's dangerous. There is a famous proverb, idleness is the workshop of the devil. Idleness means you're not doing anything, then the devil is going to give you an opportunity to do a lot, a lot of evil. You know, there's a, um, there's a passage in the Diary of St. Faustina Kowalska. There's a passage where she's in um, a convent and, and she, uh, the devil appears. And the devil is running back and forth on the corridor. frenetically going back and forth in the court. It looks like he's looking for someone, but he can't seem to find anyone. So Jesus tells St. Faustina to, to stop the devil and ask the devil, what is the best means or tool that he uses to Encourage people to sin. So under obedience, the devil had to speak, and he said to St. Faustina, which is recorded in the diary, he said, well, it's, it's laziness. But he went on to say that he couldn't find a lazy nun in that convent. I wonder, is there a lazy person in your home? Is there a lazy person in your home? So we have to, uh, in honor of Mary moving, moving in, in haste to visit her cousin Elizabeth, not to, uh, not to give in to laziness, but to learn, like Mary, like Mary to move, to move in haste. So there are three, the three different areas that we can work upon so as not to capitulate to laziness. If you're given to laziness, you open up the door to many, many temptations and many sins. Is physical laziness. Wouldn't be a bad idea that all of us have a certain discipline in which we get, which we do exercise frequently. Because our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, 
that were or made or were made to do some type of exercise. So you can decide what type of exercise you you would like to do. Could be walking or running or biking or maybe some type of team sport, you're playing tennis, maybe you're going to the gym, you're playing basketball. There are many opportunities, especially live in Southern California, the, the weather is always great. Now, if you live in the East Coast, it's much more difficult because because of the uh, the winter snowy season. Well, you can you can do ice skating, or have a snowball fight, or you can go snow skiing, or tobogganing. There are many different opportunities to get physically engaged in something. Okay, the second would be that of of uh, intellectual laziness. Don't allow your mind to go fallow. Otherwise, weeds start to grow up. And these days, it wouldn't be a bad idea to get in the habit of spending some time reading a good book. There's so many good books out there. I would encourage you I mean, there are so many good books, but I am more and more falling in love with reading the lives of the saints. In Spanish, there's an author, his name is Father Salisman, who's written four volumes of the lives of the saints. And... It's called La Vida de los Santos, four different volumes, if you read Spanish. And each day, each day, he's got about, every saint, he's got four or five pages. That wouldn't be a bad idea. But the, you, you might talk this out with your spiritual director. And read because it's important to cultivate our mind. Then the last area, we're talking about Mary going in haste and showing us not to give in to laziness, is our prayer life. Many people are worried about buying gifts online as well as in the store itself. Frenetically trying to buy as many gifts as you possibly can before Christmas. The other day I was listening to Relevant Radio and Patrick Madrid said that he, he and his wife Nancy there they really don't care so much about receiving Christmas gifts because they already have more than sufficient. I'd say a very beautiful gift that we can give to our family members are spiritual gifts in which you can offer maybe a spiritual bouquet. You can offer maybe a rosary 
or the chapel of my mercy or sacrifice or maybe offer up your holy communion when I yesterday I I presided over a wedding as is usually the case uh, most sad is I usually have one or two weddings and I told the couple look Weddings are times of festivity, of great joy. And it's a time in which gifts are offered to the wedding couple. And I said to them, I'd like to offer you a gift. They looked at me kind of shocked. What's Father going to give us? And I said, money I can't give you because I have a vow of poverty. I don't have money to give. But I'll give you what I can give. And I will offer, I'll offer a novena. For your intentions. So every day, starting right now, when I celebrate Mass, I'll place you on the altar so that when I celebrate the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, I'll lift you up on high. That God will give you many blessings, long life and eternal life. And very often when they offer this gift, you can almost see tears welling up in their eyes and it never occurred to them that that someone like a priest could offer a spiritual gift and that spiritual gift could be nine intentions in nine consecutive masses. So I do that and I notice that the couple is usually very happy when I offer that spiritual gift. All right, so that's the point I wanted to um, lay out, is that Mary goes in haste to visit her cousin Elizabeth. Mary goes in haste. Mary doesn't waste time. And you might even ask yourself, do you waste time in your life? Do you procrastinate? Do you put things off until tomorrow? As you say, La filosofia della mañana. Do you say a little bit later? Well, you know, this is a time, Advent is a time of conversion. It's a time which we can maybe overcome our lackadaisical, our lazy, our laziness, our tendency to procrastinate to put things off until tomorrow or later on. And consequently, often we don't do it at all. So it says, Mary went in haste to the hill country of Judah, to the hill country of Judah. Now, How far did Mary travel? So she's traveling the hill country. She's ascending. She's going up. And it's probably, probably about 80 kilometers. The name of the place would be Ein Karin. I made a pilgrimage a few years ago and actually was there traveled to Ein Karim, 
So 80 kilometers would be be about 55 miles. Say that Mary traveled maybe 10 miles a day, or maybe maybe 12 miles a day. Probably would have taken in between four and five days travel. That's a long. That's a long trip, and don't forget that Mary's traveling most likely on. She's walking. So, sometimes we just uh, we 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 gloss through these mysteries, and we don't see everything that really happened. So Mary's, she's walking, traveling, maybe five days. We sometimes complain when we're in the car traveling a day or two. But walking would have been more difficult. And not only was she walking, but it says the hill country, so it would have been ascending. But another very important note that we have to highlight is the following. Mary is traveling with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ within her womb. Don't forget that there is that connection between the Annunciation, Mary saying yes to the angel, and the visitation. That's why he started off with the Annunciation, because they're interconnected. So Mary is traveling with, with Christ within her. So in a certain sense, Mary becomes a living Eucharistic procession. That's right. She becomes a Corpus Christi. A, she becomes a living Eucharistic procession. When you're doing this contemplation, you can imagine yourself, because Ignatian contemplation, we try to imagine the scene, the persons, their words, their gestures, their actions, and then we derive fruit from this, and we enter into dialogue with them. You could even imagine... Even imagine that you're walking side by side with Mary. And you can pray with her, maybe sing with her because she's very joyful because she has Christ within and she's joyful because she's going to help out her cousin Elizabeth who's with child in her old age. She's filled with joy. Because she has God within her and she's going to serve others. That's a point for us. If we have God within us, we're living the state of grace. We have God within us. We're living in sanctifying grace. And we have goodwill, intentions to go and serve and help others once again. This is joy. And for that reason, these are the joyful mysteries. 
Remember last week, we as priests, we came out celebrating Mass um, in the color of, of pink, which is the, it's the Gaudete Sunday, the, which means Rejoice Sunday. So what a joy that would be for you and for me to be able to walk with Mary, accompany Mary on the way to her cousin Elizabeth, to be her traveling companion. We have that Marian hymn in Italian and Spanish and it's called Santa Maria del Camino. Santa Maria del Camino. What is this Santa Maria del Camino? What does that mean? Santa Maria del Camino. Our Lady of the Way. And that can be that can be a style of life that you start to maybe assume in this Advent season which leads to Christmas and the New Year. And it could be this. Whenever you're traveling, whenever or wherever you are traveling, why not ask, invite Mary to be with you, to accompany you. Even if it's a short journey, you're just maybe going to the school to pick up your child or maybe you're going to the supermarket. Ask Mary to be with you. Ask Mary to be your companion. That's why when I travel, I travel and I do missionary traveling. I'll often go with a team of people. For five weeks, we're going to St. Philip Neri in Linwood. And before we're going to St. John the Baptist in Baldwin Park, Soon, almost as soon as we get in to the car and we buckle up, my missionary team, right away we invite Mary to be with us. How do we do that? Well, we pray the rosary. We pray the rosary. My car becomes a, a chapel on wheels. Why not? Jesus says it's necessary to pray always at all times. St. Paul says the same things. Pray always, giving thanks to God. Pray always, giving thanks to God. So you might imagine you're walking with Mary. You're talking to Mary. You're expressing yourself to Mary. You're opening up your heart to Mary. You're admiring Mary. And then Mary has within her Jesus Christ. This is a living Eucharistic procession. This is a Corpus Christi. A living Eucharistic procession. So in this walking with Mary, talking with Mary, this can also be a time in which you reignite 
your faith and your love for the Eucharist. For the Eucharist. This can stimulate you to go to Mass, obviously on Sundays, but maybe even during these holiday holidays, maybe try to go to daily Mass. Not only go to Mass, but prepare yourself to receive Jesus Christ in the Eucharist with great faith and devotion and love. With great faith and devotion and love. So in a real or in a real sense, this mystery of the visitation can be a mystery in which we are called through the presence of Mary to be aware of the Eucharistic presence in the tabernacle in the in the church. To have great reverence for the Eucharistic presence by our silence and our genuflection. And also to prepare ourselves to prepare ourselves to to receive our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And not simply this Christmas. Not simply this Christmas, but also we have the word Christmas, which means Christ Mass. But in a certain sense, every time you go to the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, in a certain sense, that's Christmas. Because Christ is born in every Mass. Why not beg Mary who said yes to the angel for the grace to participate more fully in the holy sacrifice of the Mass? Pope St. John Paul II made this comparison. He said, the yes of Mary, Mary's fiat, the yes, when Mary says, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord, be done to me according to their word. The yes of Mary in the Annunciation is like the amen that we say before receiving Holy Communion. Because the yes of Mary in the Annunciation results in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, coming into Mary's heart and coming into her soul, coming into her womb. That's a Eucharistic communion, really it is, because what is what is Holy Communion? What is the Eucharist? Receiving Christ into our hearts. So when we say go to Mass in the 
priest says, the body of Christ, Amen, we open up our hearts to receiving the Eucharistic Lord. It's the same Jesus that Mary received 2,000 years ago in the town of Nazareth. So where we're heading, my friends, is Mary can teach us, my friends, Mary can teach us to have a great, greater faith, greater love, greater devotion, greater awareness of the real presence of Christ the real presence of Christ in Holy Communion. Mary says, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. Be it done to me according to the word. Mary was overshadowed by the Holy Spirit and the word became, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So as we draw closer, to the most important birthday the most important birthday in the world and that most important birthday is the birthday of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ let us all invite Mary to be with us and Mary is the quickest easiest, shortest, most efficacious pathway to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is through the intercession of Mary Most Holy. So let's pray for each other as we draw closer and closer to Christmas, not forgetting that every Mass, Christ Mass, Every Mass, in a real sense, we're celebrating the birthday of Christ in the hands of the priest as well as in your own hearts. So my friends, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us be glad and rejoice in it. Sunday is a day of great rejoicing because it's a day in which we celebrate our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in His resurrection. So this is the day the Lord has made. Let us be glad and rejoice in it. And I'd like to give you all my priestly blessing. The Lord be with you. The intercession of Mary and St. Joseph, now and God's holy angels, May God bless you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Upon me thou hast laid thy